The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Hello, friends. I'm Tom Waddle, and I drive a Hawk. Tom Thayer drives a Hawk as well. We're going to talk to him in a moment. It's a new season, and guess what? I'm liking the lineup. Get to hawkauto.com and choose from Ford, Chevy, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, Subaru, Cadillac, Mazda, Volkswagen, Nissan, and Wagoneer models in a huge selection of pre-owned vehicles. Right now, save with 0% for 60 months or no payments for 90 days. Find your next car today at hawkauto.com. So drive what I drive. Drive a Hawk on select models with approved credit. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvia, live from the Old National Bank State Street Studio. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago, the new home of the Chicago Bears. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Happy Friday to everyone. You've made it to your weekend. Don't forget we're your home of the Bears full uh, lineup of Sunday activity. Uh, our guy Jeff Maller will have your uh, fantasy show at 7 a.m. on Sunday. It's 5 a.m. West Coast time. Very good. If you happen Big and to be, Kelly. If you happen to be on the West Coast. Just telling you, set your alarm. Um, 8 o'clock, you get Bleck and Abdallah for the pregame show. And then the network pregame show begins at 10. We'll be inside Gate O. So come see uh, me along with Dion Miller, Lance Briggs. We'll be at the Dr. Pepper stage. So uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic, a great setup. Um, we take pictures during the break. So come on by and say hello to us. The weather's supposed to be spectacular yet, yet Excellent. again. Yeah. Good. And um, Joniak and Thayer join us throughout the pregame show coverage. Uh, J-Mac as well. And Courtney Cronin. Uh, then, of course, the game call at noon. And then after the game, it's uh, Peggy along with Yurko. Then uh, Meller's got your postgame show after that with Pat the Designer and J-Mac. So we've got hours and hours of stuff for you to react to. Tom Thayer joins us each and every Friday. To set everything up, he joins us right now on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. What's going on, Tom? Sylvie, I never thought that you and Taylor Swift being in that stadium would make so much uh, you know, news and fodder for the, the entire week. Who was the bigger star, Tom? Was it Taylor or was it Sylvie? Oh, heck no. You know what's funny, T. Waddle, is I got a kick out of Sylvie because as he was there uh, plenty of time before the pregame show started, you could see him kind of sneaking and snooping around the press oh, yeah. box, looking for stories, looking for information. You know, I could see from the table I was sitting at watching the early games where he would come by and, you know, kind of eyes up in the air looking around. So, the, you know, the dude's Creeper. always working. He never, never, ta- <laughs> yeah, it's kind of <laughs> creepy, but, you know, never, ta- never takes a, a day off. I'm learning, first of all, you're an observer. You, you, and like as an offensive lineman, you, you're you're always looking, um, and, and you know, on a swivel. Yeah, and you know what I was right. surprised by, Tom, is is that like I was sold, and maybe that I was sold a bill of goods that you were always going to be the guy who is a little more tense on game days. That I would have to be, uh, my head would be at to be on a swivel looking out for you, uh, but. 
you you were very loose. You were very uh, happy. Uh, it was Joniak who had the game face on and seemed to be a little more tense uh, before this one. Well, two things there. I, I wanted to stay out of your workspace because I think that would have added to the tension. And then a little bit later in the morning, I found Jeff's cell phone inside the bathroom. What? And, um, yeah. You know, he, he has a, a really bad habit of leaving stuff. And so I, I went in and t- to use the washroom before the game started, and there on the, in the bathroom laying his cell phone. And I, you know, the thing about it is I didn't even have to look and check to see who it was. <laughs> I pressed the button on it, and I see he and his girlfriend's face pop up. Oh, and I go, okay, cute. I'm going to stick this in my pocket, and I'm going to leave it there. And so he went in there and started dinging his phone from his iPad. Oh boy! And he heard it in my pocket, and so I had to. I had. To, I was going to hold it until the end of the game. I was Sounds wondering, like Sylvie. Based on your story, he left his personality in the bathroom as well. <laughs> Is that true? You know, it was so funny too because during the pregame show, in the middle of the pregame show, we were doing a segment. I kept hearing a dinging going on. I'm like, what? Who's dinging something while the pregame's going on? It's fair. Playing it's, games. They, they were playing again. Like, th- so now you explain it. Joniak's looking for a cell phone, and you were playing a prank on him. No, well, no, I wasn't playing a prank on him. I was trying to teach him a lesson. Okay. Because earlier in the day when we got on the bus to go to the stadium, he forgot his sunglasses on the bus seat he was sitting at. And so I saw them sitting there, and so I kind of picked them up and kind of threw it to him. And then, uh, you know, we're, listen, we're all so conscious about where our cell phones are nowadays. It's as, as, as important as our car keys. And when I go into that bathroom and I see that phone laying there, I said, oh, my God, I, I, I can't believe it. And I don't even have to check to see whose it is. It's crazy. Uh, Tom, last night, the the uh, Detroit Lions, I believe, ran the ball better than 40 times, much more than 40 times. I think they gave it to David Montgomery 30-plus times. Our Bears running backs, I know you know this, have combined for 45 carries in three weeks. Is that the thing that that is driving you crazy the most? Is their desire or their lack of desire to commit to running the football? Oh, 100%. You know, Tom, one thing I would do at the beginning of this week, I would have called out my offensive lineman and my defensive lineman, and I would have sat him in front of the team, and I'd said, guys, if we win or lose this week, it's going to be because of this group of men. And then I would take chairs in the middle of the locker room, and I would put them there, and I'd say, my five offensive linemen, come and sit down here. You are going to be the reason we win or lose this game today. And if you can't go out Sunday and have, you know, 40 40- you know, set, you know, set your goal at 40 carries. If you come a couple short and you win the game, fine. If you go over 40 carries, that's fine, too. But if you're really going to approach a physical game, a physical style of play, what the Bears fans want to see, it's going to be because you have repeated point of attack, abusive runs that are taking a toll on the Denver defense. And by the way, haven't we proven over three weeks that we're not going to spread you out and beat you by throwing the football, in, you know, consistently on you. So let's try something new. And this was the number one rushing team in the league last year. A lot of that was Justin. But let's go. Let's give the ball to these running backs and let them break a sweat and see if they can get something accomplished. Yeah, you know, you got to be willing to give it to them on first, second, and sometimes third down in the, in the same series. But I would also, just an exclamation point to the running backs getting the ball, Going into this week, I would give Justin all freedom of feet. 
Um, if he's in the straight drop-back pass that he calls in the huddle, and after one and three quarters, the two and a half seconds, if he doesn't identify the receiver, take off. If you can put him in a moving pocket to the outside edge and he doesn't identify an open receiver, take off. So, Justin, going into this game, you got feet freedom. You let it rip. But yeah, I'm going to call from the sideline a lot more uh, – physical plays i don't want lateral attack i don't want you know some type of uh you know i'll put some counters in there but i would rather see dominating double teams up at the line of scrimmage that get to the linebacker and get them four and a half yards of carry i'm not asking for unrealistic touchdowns every time they touch the ball i'm just looking for repeated first downs time of possession keep your defense off the field and uh, let those running plays result in scores. Tom Thayer joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. One of the themes on this show, and 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 Waddle's been on this, and like you, he played too, um, it, it has been accountability this week, Tom. Um, I, I, I know a lot of coaches have a different persona at the podium, and maybe what they do behind closed doors is different. Do you believe Matt Eberflus has a different demeanor behind closed doors and is holding his guys more accountable? Because on the podium, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of accountability right now. Well, you know, the, it seems like each week at the podium there has, there has a catchphrase to the mantra of the week. And this week it was paying attention to the details individually as a position from the players to the coaches. And details to me are fundamentals and the techniques that you are learning during the course of practice and stuff. That means that you better be able to crank it up a little bit at practice to give the, have these guys give a little bit more effort and use football skills in order to improve those types of details. Um, to me, I hope that behind closed doors he does hold them more accountable than uh, you know up at the media. That, but I don't know if uh, you know. I don't know that um, it's done you know that way these days. However, when you go back and you look at um, some of the podium points of the Minnesota coach, he said, "Hey, if anybody turns the ball over, you're not going to play anymore." Right. So I think some way, shape, or form that has to be that strict of requirements for all these players um, that they have to do their job better. But. Also, if you're going to take the field after a timeout, you can't have too much, you know, too much time where you get a penalty. So I think everybody has to have a hand in paying attention to the details that's required from their job. Tom, what are you expecting from the Broncos? They 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 had 70 put on them last week. Uh, you've got a Hall of Fame caliber coach and a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. Are you expecting them to come to town with a much better focus themselves and a much better effort? Uh, if they don't defensively, you know, they gave, what, 10.2 yards per play last yes. week in Miami. If they don't do things as fundamentally and with all the techniques and all the desire and the willingness to tackle on defense and to actually make a hit that has an impact on the ball carrier, then you're telling me all you need to tell me about that roster and the influence of Sean Payton on his guys. And, you know, Russell Wilson's not playing that bad. And with Mims and Sutton, and if the offensive line gets things together and they feel like, look, we saw something out of the Bears that we can take advantage of on their defense, then I, I, I think that Russell Wilson could show a little bit of his old self and, you know, 
be the quarterback that he's been before in the past, and that's what scares me because I don't want them to think that this is uh, you know, the, the team that we need to play at this time, just like I hope the Bears were thinking, look, this is the team we need to play at this time. But you know, T. Waddle, in the history of the Bears, in the fact that they're three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home to a team that just right. got beat by 50, to me it's one of the biggest slaps in the face since Charles Martin slammed Jim McMahon on the ground after the play. I would hope that Matt Eberflus is, is reminding these guys of just that, Tom, that you guys are three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home to a team that just had 70 hung on them. It would be pasted all over the facility from the hallway that you enter that building, inside the locker room, inside of every one-year meeting rooms, all over the team meeting room. I would have nothing but 3.5. And if if you can't take that to heart and um, let that resonate a little bit with your position, your teammates, the guys that you gravitate towards in the locker room, You'll you'll never have a bit a bigger slap in the face. Hopefully, throughout the, the course of your career, yeah. Tom. Like we always talk about this um, with offense, and and you were talking about with the run game, and and something that you want to see different. And you you've talked a lot this week, and on the broadcast on Sunday, you were talking about uh, getting Justin out on the edge a little bit more, and, and from different platforms uh, throwing the football. Uh, my pet peeve often is. Um, defensive coordinators get let off the hook. Like, well, this is our defense. This, this is what we run. Matt, uh, Matt Eberflus, yeah, bless you. Matt Eberflus runs the cover too. So this is this is what we run. the The entire secondary is blown up. The we know the defensive line gets no pressure. They have one sack. So shouldn't they basically blow up what they do defensively and try to do something different? You know, I just I don't know if you have that luxury because who is the guy that you're going to change his place in order to take advantage of your opponent's weakness? Do you want Yannick Ngakwe to move around wherever he wants to rush the passer from? Where in the past there's been guys that have been able to do that in their career? Do you want to play a little bit more bare defense that maybe they're not expected to see that and they don't have exactly have the right blocking configurations uh, that they're faced with. I remember back when we were playing the Washington Redskins in the playoffs in 86 and 87 where Washington Redskins came out and played a five-man defensive line and we weren't ready for that and it screwed up our protections and it challenged us on the sideline when we are trying to make adjustments so yeah there are subtleties that you can go out there and try to pull off in a in a week's time of practice but you know you still have to have that guy that uh, has special characteristics that can give you that luxury to be able to switch up the things that you're doing and um and try to take advantage of what you think their vulnerabilities are on the offensive line of scrimmage. Uh, by the way, uh, on the other side of the football, I know we're ping-ponging back and forth. Something going around social media is a video from Open Locker Room where Courtney Cronin uh, asked the asked um, Chase Claypool a question. And it's more visual, Tom, the response. Um but he asked, she asked Chase Claypool, and this is really the first time he's ever spoken in open locker room, if the Bears are using him correctly um, to, to showcase what he does best. And Chase Claypool is shaking his head no and, is, and, and basically says no. With everything going on 
with the Bears at 0-3. Is, is, is that the best look for a guy who has not exactly delivered since the moment they gave up the 32nd overall pick? Well, I mean, follow-up question, how do you want to be used? It's just like do we, are the three of us, do we feel that Justin Fields is being used properly this year? And I think that they should use his athleticism and his versatility and his threat uh, as threat to opponents on the outside edge. So I'm, I'm not sure that I like what I see out of Justin. So I don't mind Chase saying that, but I, I would like to say, okay, Chase, how can we put you in the best position to be the most confident when you break the huddle and what your options are. What do you? What do you? What types of routes do you want to run? Do you want to be lined up in a multiple receiver set to one side with Darnell or DJ or uh, you know? Do you want to block less? I you know I would kind of like to know how he feels that he wants to be used, and hopefully he's getting that message across he, uh, Tom, to the receivers coach and. I, I, yeah. I was going to say, I don't mean to interrupt, but I believe no. he was asked that as a follow-up, what you're talking yep. about, and he said he'd let the coaches decide what that is. That was his response to the question. Well, you can have <laughs> it both ways, can't right. you? Right. 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 Yes. I, I, you know, I would just like to hear a little, you know, just how, because I think that's kind of an un, unfair answer because it just leaves you more confused. It's like... Sean Payton getting mad at the media when they're asking him questions after the loss or LaFleur last night after the Packer game getting mad at the media. I, I, these guys are just asking questions by what they just saw and what we've saw uh, what we've seen out of Chase Claypool so far is not what you would think out of a 6'4 receiver, especially right. what we saw out of Mike Evans just a couple weeks ago. I agree with that, oh. too. Like, like, I, I, like, the there lack are, of accountability is yeah. driving me well, crazy well, right now. Well, that, that, that's what I mean. Like, he is not delivered, but I also have said they're not exactly using him the way he was the way he should be used either they like he should make that catch when he's boxed out right. uh, the the defensive back and he he's got to make that play DJ Moore has got to make that play last week too but they they need more of that sort of stuff he they need to use his six like you just said but he Tom. plays smaller and sh- he plays smaller and slower than his measurables but, but like, they, they shouldn't be throwing him screen passes either well, that I agree with that you don't throw him a smoke screen at six four who is no. not quick twitch I get that. But at some point, you have to be held accountable for not creating space in the routes they're asking you to run. If you only get one ball thrown your way, make sure you use your God-given athletic ability to make that play for yourself, for your quarterback, for your entire offense. That's 100%. You know, the thing about it is, is we all get flip cards. We all get rosters. You understand who's going to get D.J. Moore and then who is their, their next uh, defensive back. And I don't remember really seeing a lot of 6-4 defensive backs. So if Chase's best catching is done above his head, then I don't think there's a lot of guys that can challenge that space. And so, yeah, someone's going to have to come up and make the difficult catch like last week. If DJ would have made the one sideline catch or Chase would have made the catch when he had his back to the defender, both of those plays would have given the Bears some spark, but all it does when they do miss him is spark the opponent's sideline. I feel like my face turning bright red, so I want to ask you something. Well, it's that, always bright red. Well, that's true. It's brighter red than it is. It's purple at this point. Uh, so I want to ask you about something that I find more pleasant, and I want to know how you felt Darnell Wright has played through the start of the season. Uh, you know, 
I wish they would give Darnell a chance to play more physical. Right. And I also think that if Nate Davis would be in there for three to five games, I do think the two of those guys together could present more of a physical right side. And um, where, you know, you don't have to go behind those guys exclusively, but if he could develop that chemistry or their continuity playing the next to the tight ends that he's played against to or have a guard that he knows he's learning a, a little bit about his game as well. So I, I don't think Darnell Wright has come in and he's on a you know the Pro Bowl charts right now. However, I do think that if they can get those two guys to play together for a couple games in a row, they could be a physical side. All right, Tom, we will see you at uh, Soldier Field on Sunday. Look forward to it, Sylvie. Thanks, Tom. All right. You you tell Joniak to hold on to his stuff too. <laughs> right. He's we'll gonna get him a lanyard for his glasses. If he comes into the to the booth this Sunday without his pants on, we call somebody. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. We call we call we somebody call to get him some help. I think we call him the police. Well, no, I'm just saying. Like we we gotta we gotta we gotta help him. We gotta help. Him. We'll help him. Okay. Thanks. All right, man. There, Tom. Adios, Tom, Tom Thayer is great. He's just, fantastic. Uh, so I've got the I've got the full audio from Chase Claypool, including the follow up that we'll play. I think this is worth the first segment of Waddle's World, and then we'll get to Florida or Ohio after that. But again, if you want to weigh in on the Chase Claypool situation, I think it's a nuanced conversation because I think. This is just the totality of all the dysfunction going on with the Bears. I think this is a very flawed player who is not good and doesn't probably work as hard as he should. And a coaching staff that isn't holding anyone accountable, nor are they putting people in the best position to succeed. So I I, I think it's an all-around disaster right now. I don't think anyone is... It could possibly thrive. Anybody. 312-332-3776. Your reaction, you'll hear Chase Claypool coming up next. Just let it breathe for a second. Just trying to get the blood pressure down. Businesses are successful when they control their bottom line, and that's why more businesses across northern Illinois are partnering with the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program to save on energy costs. Learn more at comed.com slash poweringbiz. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Are you not entertained? It's time to find out what's on Tom's mind. Is that why you are here? As we go inside Waddle's World. Welcome into a Friday edition of Waddle's World. Brought to you by Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us member FDIC. You know that headache I was telling you about that I had on Monday and into Tuesday? It's back. It's back. Well, I... Again, like how many we've been together, it's going to be 17 years in February. You joined us right after the Bears were on top of the world, almost on complete top of the world, not quite. They just got done playing in their Super in the Super Bowl. They lost. Mm-hmm. That's when you came over to ESPN 1000. That is correct. How many bad and unlikable teams have we talked about through those years? Uh, there's been several. Several. Have you ever... 
met a more bad and unlikable team through three weeks than this one? Uh, it's right at the top of the list. Now, you, like, again, through you three have, weeks. Yes. Three, that, that's yes. the context here. Yes. The, like this early, this bad, and this unlikable. Yes, it's early, and you can change how we all feel about you starting Sunday on the leg front against a very beatable Broncos team. But at one, just one time, just once, don't you want to hear a player or a coach say, you know what the answer to your question is, ma'am or sir? I need to be better. I don't need to hear anybody else bust tossing a coach. I don't need to see a coach, you know, try to, to, to talk in glowing terms about anything. The answer to all of the questions is, I need to be better at my job. And when collectively we are all better individually at our jobs, we will be better as a team. I have not heard one person in the building say, I need to be better at what I'm doing. Well, yeah. They're asking the coach, is the, are the coaches using you correctly? You ask me that, I'll say, this isn't a coach issue. I need to be better at my job. And if I do have a problem with how my coach is using me, you better bet your ass I'm in, the, I'm in his, his office telling him. That's where that conversation happens. It happens between you and your coach. It doesn't happen between you and the media. And I mean no disrespect to the media. Well, that was that's what Justin handled it the right way because word is is Justin went to the coaches before he said that at the podium. You got the schmutz on, on, uh, yeah. on your well, forehead. I'm going to have again. it all afternoon. You got, can I play you this? This so this is what we're talking about. If you're just getting onto the show now, um, Chase Claypool, and I guess it started with a Courtney Cronin question. Does it speak for itself, or do I have to set this up, Meller? Well, I think it's important to note. Uh, there'll be some silence in between Courtney's question and Chase Claypool's answer. What you need to know is that Chase, Chase Claypool is shaking his head no before he actually says no. And the audio is a little, from Claypool, it's a little soft, so just listen closely. Okay, so here we go. Do you feel like you've been put in the best position for you as a receiver to showcase the best of what you can do? No. Would you say it's not ideal? No, I, I'm, I wouldn't say that. Like, I think every situation has the ability to be ideal. I think we're just working towards that. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say that. I wouldn't say it's not ideal as a place for me. Like, obviously, there's other places. Like, you can say, oh, I want to be in the best office in the highest passing yards. But, you know, that doesn't happen in football. You just have to make uh, do with what you got. Chase, what, what, is, what, what is the best place for them to put you to succeed? Um... You know, I'll let them decide that. I'm not going to give them any pointers. You know, that's their job to decide, and I'll just do what they tell me to do. So they're not putting me in the best situation, but I don't want to tell them what the best situation is. I hopefully, hopefully he is behind closed doors. I will say this. No, I've he watched, says it's not for him to do. I've watched all three games. I will tell you, again, you know my mantra. My kids don't get credit for not doing drugs, okay? That's my mantra in life. You shouldn't get credit for your effort because that should be assumed. He has been, he played hard against Tampa Bay. He played hard against Kansas City from my perspective. So I will say that. When you talk about using a player correctly, when you only throw it 22 times, and you're only throwing it 22 times because you only have 51 snaps of offense because as a group, you guys can't convert third downs as a high rate. You can't, you can't continue drives because as a group, you're not succeeding. But when you do get that opportunity, 
And you're a run-first team. You should be more of a run-first team than you even have been to this point. When you get your opportunities, you have to make plays. So the play against Kansas City, he does a nice job shaking the corner, who is smaller than he is and probably slower than he is because the football gods kissed him. He is six foot four and 215 pounds and runs like the wind. So he makes a great, does a good job separating from, from the corner, does the smart thing, puts his hand up. I don't know where the route was going, but once you give the universal sign for I'm going deep, which is throwing your hand in the air, it's a perfect decision on his behalf. When he gets down there, it's is it the best football ever thrown? No. Is it an acceptable throw? Absolutely. When you are a an above average wide receiver in this league, or that's what you are, you you think you are, or you're advertised is, you put your foot in the ground, you go up and use your six foot four frame and you high point that football and you make that catch for you, for your quarterback, and for your entire offense. The play you go back to and in, 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 so you know what they're saying in Kansas City? That's a great play by the defensive player. Why can't we in Chicago say that's a great play made by Chase Claypool? You know why? Because he didn't make it. Is it a hard play? Yeah. And you go back to the week before in Tampa and the final play of the game and that interception. And we all say that's a great play by by the Tampa defensive back. Is that a hard catch? Absolutely is. Did he get blown up afterwards? Yes. But if you're an above average player that has that size and that speed and that combination, we should be saying more things like, what a great catch by our, our player. Well, Not what a great play it, by it, Has Chase Claypool made one play that you remember since the day they got him? All you've done, not you personally, all people have done since the moment he got here is make excuses for him. Oh, he still doesn't know his uh, the offense yet. He's a little banged up. Uh, uh, we, we, we still, we, we, he'll get on track, has one play. Do you remember one play where you said he went up and he got the football? I think there was a play against the Jets last year in New York. Where he made Trevor Simeon? I don't know who was throwing it to him, but he made a contested catch on a ball down the sideline, which was a good catch. Listen, I'm not adverse to pointing out good. I will always point out good. I know that, but but, but let's call it what it is. Uh, Chase Claypool is a bust uh, since the Bears traded for him. They have not gotten the value that they gave from him in his play. They have but, not gotten it for what they've but, given. But just like two things can be true here, uh, instead of trying to figure out who who is not being used correctly, tell me who is being used correctly on this Bears team, offense or defense. I think you're using DJ more correctly. Like, oh, really? He, he's not even averaging 60 yards per game. You're not getting him the football. Well, yeah, I mean, the last two games, they have focused more on throwing him the football. Uh, he, he had 42 yards. I know he dropped he one. But, but DJ Moore is not getting the football as much as he should be. Of, of course it, not. Again, it, go back to the fact that you threw it 22 times because you can't make a first down. Nobody is being used correctly. Nobody. There's nobody being used correctly on this team, offense or defense. The coaches are making nobody better. Nobody's being held accountable. No, like like you said, nobody is is standing up and saying it's on me. Yo, it's on me. It, it's all broken. We are three weeks into a season that was supposed to be a bridge builder, and everything is broken. Players are throwing coaches under the bus. Coaches aren't holding players accountable enough. 
Nobody is being Luke Getze is trying to tell us yesterday. I think we're in the process of, of building something special. Oh, BS. You're one of your receivers doesn't believe he's using being used correctly. This is what's so frustrating to me again is is it's just that if a group of players this early in a season, they don't have any qualms with basically saying something like that. Even it, like it, like is it, it you can say it's not the worst thing you've ever heard. The the inference here is is definitely this is a coaching problem. Of course. Well, this is what happens when your coach says Hey, no worries, Chase. I know you're a reserve. Go out, run out there with the starting lineup. Because there's no accountability. So when a player stands up and he shakes his head, no, they're not you. He knows there's. he's not going to be held accountable. They need a win in the worst way. In the worst way. And, but, but, and my fear is, is that they're not going to be able to accomplish it because there is such a fracture. But, I mean, there's so many things wrong, but to think that, like, we're still talking about, like, again, when you're 0-3, and not, like, Chase has got four catches on the year. Four catches and 14 targets. Darnell Mooney is a good player. Yes. I know he's coming off an injury. He looked good at, at, towards the end of camp. Darnell Mooney is not getting the football. One that target the last two weeks. It is nuts. They're not running the ball enough. You gave the stat. The Lions ran it 40-some times in yesterday's game. The Bears have 40-some runs. 45 runs combined by their running backs. Their running backs have 45 carries combined in three games. The Bears have one sack as a team. They, they refuse to blitz. They're bottom of the league in blitz percentage. There is nothing that they do that makes sense. We're three, it, like it is too. It's what I wrote this week for Shaw Media. It is too early to be outraged, but it's <laughs> the it is it is the fair reaction to be outraged because like how else can you not like you just said you have a headache. I do. Your face is purple now. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's, yes. Be, be, like how else? What else, What what other emotion can you have at this well, point? Well, it's gonna be apathy soon. I will never be apathetic about my favorite football team. But there will be some that the, the mood turns to apathy. I just want to hear people say, it's really simple. I need to be better. Everybody assume accountability for your own performance, your own efforts, your own approach to how you're going to play the game. I need to be better. And, and I have, whether Justin's the only one I've heard say it. Yeah. And he said it in kind of as he circled back after practice to say it. Maybe he meant to say it before he went to practice. I wasn't all broken up about the first press conference. I really didn't care about it that much. But I think collectively this group, you know, just needs to, everyone needs to look at look in the mirror and say, you know what? The guy looking back, you need to be better. Yep. Josh and Mantino, you're on ESPN one thousand. What's up, Josh? Hey guys. You know, I, I can't have the Bears giving me the red ass on Friday. It's bad enough on Sunday. Right. I mean, right. It's know, the start of the weekend. Yeah, I, I, I got to save something up or I'm going to be burned out before kickoff. Claypool, I mean, it just blows my mind. The guy seems like he goes half speed at everything. And then when asked, all right, well, what can they do to use you better? Well, I don't know. That's basically their job to figure it out. Like, that is such – and you can't even cut the guy because you have so little talent, you actually kind of need him. I mean, it's oh, this is this is what I would say, Josh. Right I, I said this. I said this earlier. I, you know what? 
I'm more than happy to change the approach, especially if you find yourselves in a, in a de- against a defense that is willing to man up with you guys. Because right now, I don't see a lot of man beaters out there. I don't see a lot of guys that create separation. I don't see it from the tight end position. I don't see it from the wide receiver position as much as I should. DJ Moore did a really nice job in both deep balls. He didn't catch the one in both deep balls. If you watch him, he's such a pro. He knows how to separate himself from the cornerback at the last minute, create space, and usually make the catch. That's a talented move by a very talented receiver. Collectively, they're not getting open, and and the route combinations at times are puzzling to me. But if I'm going to face a defense that is going to play man and my guys can't shake free – I'm going to stack all of you. I'm going to rub. I'm going to. I'm. I'm. I'm going to pick. I'm going to do all of that stuff. You shouldn't have to do that with a group that is that physically and gifted and talented. You do that with my dumb ass because I'm six one and one eighty five and run a four seven forty. You don't shouldn't have to do that stuff with these guys that are that athletic. But if you're struggling to get open and you don't think that they're using correctly, then it's up to the coaching staff. And I would have changed their approach to how they were trying to beat the Chiefs in the second half of the game last week because they weren't getting open. They were sticky as flypaper. So I would change it. I really would. I mean, look, and and I think that you, you know, you've got Mooney who is not only fast, but he's got wiggle to him. Obviously, DJ can do everything out there. I look at, at Chase Claypool and his 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 talents are he is big, he is strong, and he is fast. Now you got to put that all together and find some production. And usually, when you have those guys, you know how you ask them to play. Whoever said it is right, Mike Evans. That's Mike Evans. Mike Evans is similar size, similar speed. They don't have to bunch Mike Evans up a ton because Mike Evans uses his gifts to get open. What Chase is asking you to do, just my interpretation, he's asking for the coaches to get him open. The coaches have to get me open. They don't have to get him open. He has to get himself open. So, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. 312-332-3776. If you want to react, uh, the Chase Claypool stuff. Yeah, we played the whole thing, the uh, 52nd uh, give and take on it. And you know why? It's, and it, he it, tried it, to walk it back. But it's it, more of an issue. Maybe I'm making it a bigger issue than it is. But when you put it into context of everything else that has happened in the first three weeks of this season, where you weren't ready to play as a team against the Green Bay Packers, your rival, that you, you poo-talked, that you were going to put it on them and this thing was going to change. And then you go to Tampa, and then the following week after that, you, your whole building is in chaos. And then you go to Kansas City, and you play the, the defending champs, and they're better than you, but they blank you 41 to nothing through three quarters. And you've got coaches that are talking in circles and players telling you that the, the coaching may be an issue. Like, how can you not be three weeks into this thing? Yeah, completely- I know. That's what I mean. It's just exhausting. Uh, uh, we'll continue to take your phone calls on this. Also, Doug Kazarian's going to join the show, Florida or Ohio, all coming up. Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation. Public drunkenness. Exotic animals. Dumb criminals. Random stabbings. Or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. And as always, listeners, feel free to play along at home. 
I'm going to have fun the rest of the show. I don't buy it. For the next two hours and seven. I am. We have fun every show. And I, I, think I, was, I didn't, have, I didn't fun. have fun the last 15 minutes. And I'm, I'm, I'm done not having fun. I'm 56 years old. I don't need to get that riled up about stupid sports stuff. And if you missed it, at 4, we'll replay the entire exchange with Chase Claypool. <laughs> and then uh, later in the show, we'll talk about the Cubs choke job <laughs> from uh, the last three like weeks of the fun, season. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. What do we got? Well, we will have fun here, Florida, for the next minute and a half. Oh, we're going to have fun for the next two hours. I'm getting drunk tonight. Oh, are you? No. Well, you are. When you say it with that conviction, that means you are. I'm going to do it in a safe fashion. Of course. No, I expect you to go. well, to crack your head open on your doorstep but, but, again. Yeah, I don't know. Like somebody that sits in Florida or Ohio. Something sits, somebody sits in here, didn't know where he went to dinner last week, and probably, you know, thankfully didn't get on a scooter. It was your cup. I'm not, whoa, I'm not making, I'm not pointing fingers or naming names. Sure you were. Well, what do we got in Florida or Ohio? Uh, wife sentenced after pulling down husband's shorts at Town Square. Well, what's wrong with that? A wife that that sounds like an innocent, uh, fun story. Sounds like a prank. Wife was sentenced after pulling down her husband's shorts at a town square. She was found passed out at about 11 p.m. that night on the sidewalk at the square, according to an arrest report. When well, officers, that's what oh, she got arrested for, being passed out there. When officers arrived on the scene, uh, the lady had pulled herself up onto a bench, and a puddle was running from the bench onto the sidewalk, Ooh. and Graver's jeans Ooh. were, quote, saturated. So she peed her Public pants, urination. That's why she got in trouble, not because she pulled her, listen, her husband's Listen pants to this, too. She ended up serving 12 days in jail before her husband bailed her out. He's like, don't oh, pull that's... my pants down. You stay in jail. 12 days before the bail. 12 days of jail. You know, you said um, public urination there, but like if your jeans are on, I don't think that's public urination. Well, there, right? was, a, there was a puddle. But if she just that, peed yeah. her pants, that's not public if urination, yeah, is it? If it, it, it public urination is when, when you, you expose, expose yourself. yourself. Yeah. I think this is, is just. That what it is? Is I there think a so. police officer who public intoxication? Yes, that, that's public what it was. Wait a minute. I not think urination. If, you, if you urinate and, not, it, and it spills. Into the public area. No, I think it's more about exposing yourself. Just I don't pretend you have a bladder control problem. The arrest they was arrest disorderly you. conduct there and resisting arrest. Yeah, because she probably was. Why? Well, so why did you say anything about pulling her husband's that's, pants? That's the there? headline here. That's she pants her husband. That's huh? definitely a tamper. I'm, like co- I'm, I'm going Coconut Grove. Florida? Yeah. That's a Tuesday in Tampa. That's called Tampa Tuesday is what it is. <laughs> The Tampa 2. That's the Tampa Tuesday. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Johnsonville, Florida. Is there a Johnsonville, Florida? Of course there is. There's, There's a, a Johnsonville, Johnsonville everywhere. Every state. Okay. Took place in Lady Lake, Florida. Lady Lake. She made herself her own Lady Lake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, see, I needed that. I feel Florida. better. It's Friday. Florida or Ohio is brought to you by our great friends and partners at 19 Crimes Wine. I drank a full bottle of uh, the Red Blend last night. Really? A 19 Crimes Wine tells the story of rule breakers who beat the odds, became infamous. Pick up a bottle today and live infamously on your own terms. Is that right after huffing down a full pizza? Yes. Pizza and wine, you can't beat it. Would it like the baseball win? 
Didn't get it? No, you did not. I, uh, though the Lions came through for me, I had uh, money on the Lions last night. I did as well. Uh, all right, uh, coming up next, uh, Doug Kazarian in 10 minutes. We'll play what Chase Claypool had to say. No. Yes, we got no. to do that again, and we'll take more no. of your Bears' calls. I'm going to go to the bathroom. So <laughs> coming up next.